welcome to Theatre Club. I'm Alice, and for this episode I'm joined by my brother Oscar. Hello. And Ruby. Hi. And we are out in the field doing some on-the-ground reporting from the Palladium. We've come to see The King and I, which we're all really excited about. Um, Oscar, you went to see on Saturday Little Pet Shop of Horrors. Just Little Shop of Horrors. Why do I always say that? I don't know. You need to see it because then you'll be like, oh, there's no pet. Well, I guess he has a pet. Of the plant. I've literally been saying that a whole life, haven't I? It's so Pretty irritating. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, you were going to come with me and then you couldn't this weekend, but it was really good fun. Like, tell me everything. So, outdoor theatre, it's the first time I've been to an evening show and it was actually really nice because the sun's sort of setting as it begins. Which theatre? The Regent's Park Open Air Theatre. Lovely. Um, and it's just, the set was incredible. It was all sort of like... Um, sort of New York skyline made out of um, sort of old newspaper, so very sort of monotone, and then a big um, movie theatre lit up sign that had been like smashed through. So it was a kind of because they live on Skid Row, so it was like this and rubbish everywhere, and sort of homeless people pushing shopping trolleys that were already on stage when you arrived. And then I think it just would work better in the evening because then they when they light it, it looks incredible with all the greens. Yeah, I saw the photo you put up on Instagram, and it looked really cool. Yeah, it looks really good, and I think you would miss that at a matinee, but. Um, it was just such a fun show. Seymour, the shop owner, he has this plant and basically it wants to eat people. It's very camp, it's very sort of silly, very fun. And in this production, usually the plant is played by a puppet, basically. They have a big giant sort of puppet. And in this version, they've got Vicky Vox, who's drag queen from America, and <gasps> she's in. playing the I'm plant. I'm going and buying tickets. So when the plant comes out, it's a puppet, and then she kind of walks out, and then don't, she don't is... Don't spoil... Don't okay, spoilers. no spoilers, but she's she's the plant. Vicky Vox is incredible. Like it works so well having a drag queen being the plant, um, being this man-eating plant feeding Rashimo. Alice is now reconsidering her decision to go to a festival this weekend. I yeah, <laughs> who did you, you take did in my out. place? I went with Rory. And it was you really actually good. got him to go to something. Yeah, I got him to go to music, and he loved it as well. Um, Mark um, Antolin played Seymour and he was like the standout performance for me though he like really held it together because Seymour's like this dweeby character and it's kind of he kind of played it just like just perfectly where it's kind of cartoonish enough for the piece but like really sort of grounded and real and not irritating Mm. he just really held it together and Jemima Rupa played Audrey who's his love interest and she was great Um, Matt Willis from Busted played the sadistic dentist who else is really good? Forbes Mason. Um, he was in... Oh, you didn't come and see Summer and Smoke, but he was in that, and he was really good. He played the shopkeeper, Mr. Mushnick, and he's just like... He's like a pro, so Who he's just... He in Summer and Smoke? He played various characters, and I can't remember the character's name. He was like the older guy, and at one point he sang in it with a really beautiful high voice. Do you remember? Well, he's going to be in the, when it comes back, and I might go see it again. I anyway, want to go, because I missed out on Summer and Smoke. Yeah, he was great in it. Everyone was great. The set was incredible. Dances, were there any big dance numbers? It's not, not a much. massively ensemble piece, so there was an ensemble of sort of homeless, trampy people. Um, and then there's also, but they didn't get to do that much, apart from at the end they'll kind of come on and dance. But there's these three, they're called the Ronettes, and they're these three girls, and they're sort of like a close harmony group. Although in this, rather than playing them like the Supremes or the Shirelles, which is usually how they do it, they're a bit more like street, a bit more kind of urban, and they oh, were really good. So the choreography they did was kind of a lot of like voguing sort of style. Um, shout out for the set, which was by Tom Scutt. The set was incredible. Who did that the was, choreography? The choreography was Lizzie G, and that was some, there was some all the sort of vogue stuff was really cool. Um, basically, it's just such good fun. The second act does drag because it, it doesn't have as many memorable songs, and the story starts getting a bit meh. 
but they pick it up at the end. The ending's great. They give you like a big, big ending, and um, every like people were up on their feet dancing. So like the ending was really worth it. Just the second half does drag. First half's got all the good songs. Performances are great. I would definitely recommend it if anyone wants to go for like a night out. Have an extra glass of wine in the interval. Yeah, it's so. Yeah, have an extra <laughs> glass of wine in the interval. <laughs> if make if it you just want fun. a night out, it's so much fun. I want to know about ticket pricing, seats. Where am I going to sit? It's fairly like it's until the end of September, and there are seats left. Uh, you can either sit cheaply at the sides up at the back, and because it's like an amphitheatre, you do get a good view yeah, it's not wherever bad you are. From in there, so it doesn't matter if you're stage left, stage no, right. Not no. really. Not if you're going for the evening, obviously. No. Um, yeah, I just great. So I thought how much it was did really you pay good for your ticket? Mine were twenty-five because I had those restricted view ones that aren't even really restricted that are over the walkway sort of entrances. So I'll book the same ones. They were really right? good. They're all gone. All the, those ones all go. Aww. So you'd have to kind of go to the back and to the sides if you want. Cheap seats. Okay. But um, I think it's a really good fun night out. Great to go with people. It's just Rocky Horror, that that style, but they've really, they've just done it really well. Madeline's going to want to see this. Yeah, it's just, just it's very stylistic. Would she would this. love it. She'd love Vicky Vox. She'd love the way they've done it. It's just good fun. It's very silly, but yeah, all the sort of plants in the plant shop were all household items. So the roses were like toilet brushes painted red, just cool stuff like that. Just to really kind of more stylized than it's usually done, I think punky and like just all the, gr- the colour schemes that pulled it all together were great sort of monochrome meets green basically it oh. was just it was really really cool was so, it it sounds a little bit like um, yeah it sounds a bit yeah, vicious but it also sounds like urine town yes it, yeah very similar to kind of urine town and that same aesthetic and that same dark undercurrent yeah, yeah punk I would, rock steam rock yeah, that kind yeah. of yeah I would totally recommend I'm gonna book it yeah um, right, we'd better go because I'm not familiar with the toilet layout at the Palladium. This is the first time I've been. We need to go to the toilet. We need to find our seats. The orchestra are tuning up. And then we shall watch The King and I. So we're now in the interval. Um, just seen the first half with The King and I. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, I mean, I've actually never seen it before. I've never seen the film, never seen the production. Alice, you actually saw Elaine Page doing it this very 30 years, years, years ago. I know. I don't really remember it. Well, it's yeah. such a shame, isn't it? Kicking myself. Um, I mean, I knew the story basically in that, you know, a bit like Sound of Music, that she's a governess that goes to Siam. It's obviously based on a true story, it's based on a memoir from sort of 1860. And it's a sort of, I guess it's a slightly troublesome piece in that. In that it is, it has been. It's from 1950s, so it's got those sorts of values, and it's obviously been heavily criticised over the years for sort of this white privilege, not white privilege, white saviour. She kind of comes into Siam and sort of helps the king, and the film and the musical, in fact, is banned in Thailand and still is to this day because they are not fans of it. And this king, in particular, when all the other countries around in Asia were being sort of colonised by other other countries like France and England and stuff, they, his, their king sort of basically managed to negotiate that they stayed independent, and yet this musical makes it seem like that was only with the help of some white lady from, from the West. But so maybe that is the truth. Maybe she did help him. I, I don't think that she, is the truth. Oh, well, I'm sure she might have. Anyway, to say, <laughs> let's just say it's a, it's a piece that's old-fashioned and has some troubles, but I think this production's doing really the best it can, and I've obviously never seen a production of it before, but having read about this production, I know that it's very different than other ones, and they have tried really hard to focus on, for example, the, the costumes and stuff, while beautiful, are more traditional. realistic, traditional, yes, and realistic they... to the times, whereas other productions have tend to have done what like the original production did, 
imagined what they thought Siam would look like, yes. all very over-the-top oriental, whereas this is, they've tried to actually be very accurate with the costuming. Kelly O'Hara, her voice is amazing. It's very like Julie Andrews. It's like kind of English-sounding, pronounced, deep. And also crisp, clear. Crisp and clear voice. And she, she sort of is... I think she kind of holds the show together a bit because not only can she sing, she can act really well. So she is believable in her character. She's not sort of sycophantic and just like a sort of stupid woman. But I, I'm quite disappointed that we've come to the end of the first half. I haven't seen a single dance number. For a, music, a big musical, you'd think, you know, when, the, when they come, it's all the peasants that arrive. That could have been a dance number. When, he, when you first see the king and he's surrounded by all those people, that should have been a dance number. When the children come in, that should have been a dance number. We haven't, I've seen one person yeah. throwing a fan up, and I kind of think for a big musical like this, I wanted more ensemble dances. Maybe that's part of their trying to keep it a bit more grounded. Yeah, there was one small bit of dance in the first act, wasn't there? But, um, yeah, there hasn't been much. I mean, um, what would I say? I mean, yeah, so obviously, you're right, it is... Bits of it are sort of troublesome. I I find some of the humour, it's difficult to sort of mask, obviously, what the original stuff, and a lot of it seems to be basically just laughing at the people of Siam being a bit stupid, which is obviously... It's kind of a bit weak, some of the humour. Um... But overall, it just it just feels like you're watching a film from the 1950s. And you're right, the Julie Andrews thing, she's very much of that ilk and the costumes and the sort of... It's quite sort of sumptuous. Um, it is very old-fashioned, but, you know, to see a big, big show on a big stage like this, you know, you can just kind of... You can kind of sink back into it, you know. There's nothing... There's nothing that you need to sort of watch out for. It's all laid out in front of you. Uh, the singing's great. The costumes are beautiful. The sets are beautiful. Yeah, it hasn't had sort of masses amount of of big energy numbers, I suppose. Like the sort of the big songs, you know, getting to know you. It's been very beautiful. But yeah, there hasn't been a lot of yeah energy in some ways i'd say a bit it's quite gentle yeah but also very very slick yes and the sound in the palladium is beautiful i think um oh and the safety curtains going up and i haven't been to the toilet um there is a dream ballet coming up so we've got oh. a good 15 minutes of dance good so we've got oh, that my, to look buck forward for to my money. Um, bang for my buck buck for my money buck for your money <laughs> You know that that memorable phrase? Good old phrase, the buck for your money. You know? Right, let's go for a wee and then we'll be back. We can be at the end. Alright, bye. So we've just finished The King and I. What did you think of the second half? I like the dream sequence. I felt like I got a bit more theatrics, a bit more set, a bit more creative. Yes, I, I got that wrong. It wasn't really a dream ballet. It was more like a show They've within a show. Playing. Yeah, they yeah. put on like a performance. Yeah, but it felt like a dream sequence because it yes. was that kind well, of... it was very similar to all the sort of Oklahoma where they that's it comes at exactly the same moment, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's bonkers. It makes no sense. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, I like that part. Um, and it did pick up a bit of pace towards the end, but on the whole, it's not. I'm not sure the King and I for me... No, it's quite. I mean, it's quite an old-fashioned show. I enjoyed it's it for that. Very, very dated. I yes. think. I think it's. I mean, you know, you sort of think it's a load of old tosh, really, isn't it? Do you know what though, Ruby? I was thinking. I was thinking. Yeah, it's a load of tosh. But I think it's the way that it's staged because you know when you see things like um, what's the one that we saw at the Coliseum with uh, Carousel Carousel oh, I fucking hate that play. right I loved it but they did oh. that in a really inventive way with the pier and the washing being stri- you know they did oh, that no, in- I, I preferred this no less. 
Because okay. I, I like the way that this was done very traditionally. It was very gentle. It was very no. traditional. Like like Ruby said, it was like watching an old 1950s Technicolor musical film. Yeah, I don't think... It's not about the style for me. It's about the show itself. And that's the same with Carousel. Like, there's no way that you could do Carousel and I would like it. I just fucking hate the story. And it's a bit like that with this. It's like... It just feels a bit... It just it just feels a bit basic. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, you know, there's, not, there's, there's not, not much you can do. I know to there's not going to be any subtlety, but it's just even kind of the storyline and I don't the, the know. The storyline, things being basic or not having a storyline doesn't bother me in the slightest, really. If like Miss Saigon, I felt like the sets, the choreography, it was amazing, and I felt like in this they didn't really amp it up enough. I didn't really feel like I got enough of formation or enough core, core pieces of choreography. I just. I just it just wasn't enough for me yeah I mean I think you're right about that in the sense that obviously I was thinking when I was thinking about the plot and thinking that I mean obviously there are lots of operas where the plot is total shit but it doesn't really matter because the music's amazing and the singing's amazing so the drama of it and the kind of visceral emotion that you get means that you're sort of carried through the fact that the story's bullshit but with this yeah maybe it just didn't it just didn't have enough to kind of bring it and sort of carry you along with it I was also thinking about how much I loved an American in Paris last year which is like similarly kind of quite old fashioned but the way that that was done it was so beautiful and so just you were just you were just floating through it and it didn't you know it just didn't matter it was just gorgeous yeah this didn't have the choreography of American in Paris it also doesn't have the music or the songs of you know some of the other Rodgers and Hammerstein shows either like Sound of Music or something it just doesn't quite have them it's got a few but that's about it but I mean I thought it's worth I would say it's worth coming to see this just to see Kelly O'Hara for me if you want to see a Rodgers and Hammerstein production of this this is like I just feel like it probably wasn't that much different than when I saw it all those years ago except that this time I'd made a lovely sandwich to have in the interval I think and that was the best part I think they had done something different with it they tried to make it more grounded and realistic it wasn't as sort of um, voyeuristic oriental style over the top kind of I think I wanted it to be yeah I think that's that's obviously not what they were going for they wanted to make it more grounded in an attempt to make the story less problematic but it is a problematic story especially it's written from an American's point of view but she's British and she's talking about bowing and having a problem with authoritarianism whereas at the time we were like conquering half the world and didn't give a crap so I don't think a British woman would really have a problem with a king or any monarchy having subjects you know that didn't make any yeah, sense totally. that's too it's much of an American 19th. point of view it was 19th century right yeah it was so, 1860 a British so, woman would not have had a problem with any of that stuff she would have been like absolutely God you no. bow to me yeah exactly a woman knows her place yeah so I think you know they were just trying to maybe amp up the sort of feminist vibe but it's not the right show to be choosing because it's just not within the text really <laughs> to have any of that but I thought it was a beautiful Sincere apologies for this abrupt pause. Unfortunately, we had a technical malfunction, unbeknownst to me at the time, but the recorder actually stopped uh, during our chat the other night at The King and I. Um, I'm not sure quite what happened. I think it might have been the ghosts of Rogers and Hammerstein getting a little bit upset that we were calling their show a little bit racist. So sadly, you'll never get to hear the rest of our chat, but it kind of went on much the same. Overall, we all felt that The King and I just has some inherent problems, really, as a piece, and that there just aren't quite enough big dance numbers or enough memorable songs to kind of carry it along and totally kind of detract from that. But we all agree that this was a beautifully crafted production, 
Um, as we mentioned, the sets and the costumes were so beautiful, they were so detailed, and in this production, very sort of authentic to the reality more of 1860s Siam rather than a romanticised view of the culture that previous productions have usually gone for. We also all agreed that, of course, Kelly O'Hara was incredible and that her central performance was really what held the show together and what made it worth watching. Her voice was exquisite and her acting was actually equally as strong and she was just wonderful to watch. I would say that if you're a fan of Rodgers and Hammerstein, then it, it's it's rare to see a production of this scale of a Rodgers and Hammerstein. It's a big cast, over 30 people at least on stage, huge band, um, really, really good sound, beautiful sets in a lovely big theatre like Palladium. So it's a rare opportunity to see this. So I would definitely recommend it for anyone that likes The King and I or likes Rodgers and Hammerstein. And if you've got family, you know, a family trip to the theatre, this would be perfect, especially with grandparents, because it is just a, a slick, classy, gentle, but beautiful show. However, if you're looking for something more edgy and modern, more upbeat, then I would recommend going to see a drag queen playing an alien man-eating plant at the Regent's Park Theatre in Little Shop of Horrors. Or go see both, and then you have the contrast. Um, Little Shop of Horrors is running until September 22nd. There's really good availability on the website, so just go and have a look at that. And The King and I runs until September 29th. And one thing we did all talk about after the show was getting our tickets which we got on the today ticks app all three of us had the app we all went on at 10 a.m which is when they go on sale each morning and we got tickets pretty easily they do tend to at 10 get snapped up quicker but then more will be released it seems throughout the day but we all managed to get tickets that morning you can get two at a time so we all kind of got two in our basket and then on a whatsapp group we're seeing who had the best tickets i was looking at seatplan.com because you get 10 minutes to hold the tickets in your basket so we all kind of held two tickets i saw who had the best and then two of us released ours and then one of us went back in and got another ticket so it was pretty easy and for 25 pounds those seats we sat in we were central stalls row n i think they cost about £78, those tickets, usually. So it was fantastic. Our view was amazing. So if you do want to go see The King and I, I would definitely use the Today Ticks app. And if you're going to go to see Little Shop of Horrors, um, if you want cheap seats for that, then the back edges of the amphitheatre are the cheap seats. And I've sat up there before, and the view's fine because it's a big outdoor amphitheatre. It's perfect. Personally, I would highly recommend both shows for very different reasons. So apologies again for our technical difficulties. It won't happen again. Until the next episode, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Theatre Club Podcast and on Twitter at Theatre Club Pod. And if you like the show, why not go to iTunes and give us a rating and leave a review. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Theatre Club. Theatre Club.